members of his family. And we also know that when they would call upon him, uh, when they would call him, the way he would respond was labbaik, which means at your service. Um, which is, um, is remarkable because if uh, it's, um, it's a type of thing that, like calling your spouse honey or, or, or one of these terms, if it emits from an overwhelming internal feeling, then it has authenticity and beauty in it. If it is a mechanical response um, emitted without sincere feeling, then it becomes um, an artificiality and ultimately ugly. And the same thing with at your service. If, if a person responds with at your service but is actually not their demeanor is not at a person's service so that when someone calls you and say and you say at your service and then when you request something they they are annoyed uh, it becomes an artificiality and something ugly <coughs> to, to be um, uh, if you're going to say labbaik then it must be an honest expression of an actual willingness to be at, at someone's service. And so what we notice here is that the Prophet ﷺ would respond labbaik, would respond at your service, but his actual demeanor was one in which he was constantly at his family's service. And this is one of the, the, the testimonies about him. He would, as we know, um, share in the... He took care of his own affairs uh, at a very minimum. He mended his own clothes and often cleaned his own material, um, did whatever needed to be done with the animals, with the, with the uh, either sheep or camel, depending on the on the on the case um, and there was no fuss about it we don't have he refers he talks frequently about cleanliness being part of iman but it is interesting that at the same time that he says this um, and insists on living in an area that is pure, clean. We don't have reports of him being particular about where things go. And I don't mean by this that um, you know he'll walk into his house and, and, and find um, defecation in the middle of the room and say, oh well, that's fine. Um, but 
he is not particular about what we today call the decor of where he lives, the organization, the 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 uh, of where things are, and tends to just simply do whatever he believes needs to be done, and is constantly engaged either in serving himself or in someone else's service. Furthermore, <coughs> we are told that at home <coughs> that he was kasiru tabassum, that he would smile very frequently and tend to joke with his wives <coughs> and his face was would become sad and and serious when his wives engaged in um, in nonsense so uh, and what I mean by nonsense is jealousy nonsense so that we know for example that when Aisha would complain about how he talks about Khadija would say why do you keep remembering Khadija and so on and he would say something to the effect that she was the most wonderful most wonderful woman and Aisha would if she would respond does this mean I am not wonderful he wouldn't respond to that his face would become grave and not respond <coughs> furthermore Furthermore, when there would be complaints about gifts, um, people giving more gifts to Aisha, and they would they would tell the Prophet well, how come people know that you like Aisha, and 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 she gets a lot of gifts, and again his face would become grave unhappy and again this 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 uh, characteristics of responding that what is short and very decisive like you are being you are under siege by your devil you are being uh, you are plagued by your devil and moves on now cumulatively this of course meant that his own members, the members of his own family needed to exercise a considerable degree of sensitivity and, and self-learning 
in the sense that they they, they did not need they, they could not be like a buffalo that needs to be smacked in the face with an indicator of what is right and wrong they had to be able to be sensitive enough to pick up on things and one of the things that has always struck me about the legacy of the Prophet ﷺ in his family was that the, the, the cumulative effect was not necessarily that his wives increased in sensitivity. In fact, they went quite far until the point that it, it, it reached a, a near breaking point where he became withdrawn and um, and isolated himself from them and ultimately it needed the intervention of a decisive act to bring them to their senses. All of these are indicators of grave importance for us, not just in terms of marital counseling or any or, or anything like that, but uh, um, or the likes, but even more as to the the the, the character of of a person you can only call someone's attention to what is right so many times and then you must leave them you must leave them to withstand their own fate their, the consequences of their own decisions and their own behavior that A, a man or woman who is paternalistic in their attitude inside a home teaches those who are with him to indulge their emotions to be able like very much like in any household where you think well, it's okay if I can be spoiled because ultimately when I've gone too far, I'll be told. Well, what this produces is the lack of direct and personal responsibility for your own actions. You, you're always relying on the other to come in and say, excuse me, you've gone, so far, you've gone too far. And this form of reliance creates dependent personalities, not strong personalities that can survive on its own. It creates dependent, weak personalities. Furthermore, it is quite contrary to the very ethic of the Islamic creed of direct 
an individual responsibility before God. And it is an invitation to authoritarianism. The cycle that we often see is that a partner in a relationship will act spoiled, or both will act spoiled, in the sense that a partner will expect their partner will rely on their partner to come in and 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 um, relieve them of their own idiocies. Eventually, the partner that is doing the relieving gets used to that role, and like the the sociology of despotism. The sociology of despotism is that you have a leader, right? And you get you you delay the leader first is rather timid and bashful about his power or, or whatever. And he get used to people saying, You are our hope. You are we rely on you, we depend on you. And eventually you step into the role that is constantly being charted out for you. You're constantly acting like a father until you, you internalize this authoritarianism inside of you. But then the other person who actually invited you to this authoritarianism rebels and says, wait a minute, I, now, you're, now you're, you're despotic. Well, you've created the despotism with your attitude of self-indulgence and spoilation. Everyone follow what I'm saying? So we find that the hikmah, we look at the, the way that the Prophet dealt with his home, in his home and you say, well, why doesn't he give Aisha or give or this person or that person a good lecture about their responsibilities? Why didn't he say, listen, here you go again, you're doing it again, didn't we talk about this? Instead, he would his his face would change visibly and he would say okay fine and leave it at that until it reached to the cumulative breaking point that we know that the Quran which the Quran comes and says okay that's it and because he could not have acted differently and remained an egalitarian, balanced person inside his home. If he taught his wives to become emotionally, morally dependent, ethically dependent on him, he's done nothing. And the minute he is absent, they are no longer ethical or moral. And this you will find consistently in in his seerah that there are moments in which he educates and his reminders are very short and very concise but you always sense that he now comes to a point where he expects the person his ways to take responsibility for themselves 
And the reminders, if you, uh, those of you who have read the story, uh, the, the reports about his problems with his spouses, <clears throat> you will be struck by the fact that for about 30 days, and even long before that, long before that, there's very little that he says beyond the general reminder to them. And I've always wondered about this point. But I also realized by observing couples and families in which there is the contrary behavior, what happens to them? What happens to the individuals? And what type of legacies it leaves? And then I completely understood the beauty of that characteristic. That he is not leaving if a, a people, a, a, a society of children He's not leaving behind the society of children. He's leaving behind a society of adults. Okay. <clears throat> now, let's look at a couple of examples Sophia was reported to have been a very good cook. And at least in, in the reports, this caused some degree of, of jealousy. Um, among the other wives, the, some of the reports specify that it was mainly Aisha, other reports that say no, it was more than Aisha. But at any case, um, and the jealousy here is uh, the uh, jealousy of uh, the, the fact that they would see the, the, the Prophet's face or that they would see that the Prophet eats Sophia's cooking with, with greater interest. <clears throat> so Sophia cooks something in which <clears throat> and sends it. Now we have this report in many different versions some from Sophia, some from Aisha, some from other people who were there. <coughs> In one of these versions it says, uh, An Aisha, Aisha, 
um, so he says ina ka ina wa ta'am ka ta'am in others um Allah um um okay yeah I'll give you different versions <coughs> or uh, of it. Sophia cooks something and sends it, and <coughs> Aisha says she was annoyed. Here, Sophia goes again, and the reason for the annoyance, by the way, is that Aisha sent the the food. Uh, sorry, Sophia cooked the food and sent it to Aisha's room in other words she said you know I, I know you like my cooking and and you don't Aisha was not a good cook Every, everyone agrees Aisha was not a good cook including her and <coughs> so <coughs> I'm sending the food to so you can eat it while you're with Aisha which is an act of beauty but in Aisha says that I couldn't control myself and I and I smashed the plate. In another, it says um, um, when the when the food arrived, the Prophet to, to, took the plate and said, "Oh, you know, this is wonderful from Sophia. Look what she sent us." So uh, she says, "Darabat yad al-Rasul, fasqatat al-qasa, fankasarat." فأخذ النبي الكسرتين فضم إحداهما إلى الأخرى فجعل يجمع فيها الطعام ويقول غارت أمكم فكلوا So he, he took the plate from <coughs> he took the plate and said oh look the, the, the wonderful Sophia sent us some food so Aisha hit his hand and the plate fell and broke now, of course, for those who say gnashes and, and men beat women, why didn't the Prophet slap her back or at least hit her hand back? He doesn't hit her. She hit his hand strongly enough for the plate to fall and break. <coughs> what is this? It is now like ink. <coughs> if I was still a real Egyptian, I would really enjoy it, but... <coughs> yeah, I, I have been corrupted by... Uh, yeah, by... <laughs> by American imperialism. <coughs> okay. So the... the, the, the the plate drops from his hand and it breaks and then the prophet <coughs> and it breaks into two parts and the food spills so the prophet goes down and puts all the food on one on one uh, part of the plate the, the from the two halves on one half and says what had become a famous expression your mother has been overcome by jealousy so come eat you know in, in is 
Okay, this is her shortcoming. Her jealousy had now caused this. But let's let's not let's not uh, uh, um, get stuck there. Let's just move on and 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 eat. Now, of course, what I, what I found uh, among the things that I find r- remarkable about the story, and there are many ver- not versions, but the, it's been reported by one of these things that have been reported by several people. Um, One is that the Prophet does not does not abandon the project to eat the food. Right is right. And Sophia sent the food and that was very nice. Now I can imagine in our contemporary day and age you would have a fit. Like you know the people were talking about that the Prophet was not on a mosque that you'd say Okay, well, if that's going to be, then you can eat the food. I'm not going to sit with you. And we don't know what Aisha did at this point, except that she felt bad later and 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 went around and and um, told people that she did this. In fact, later on, she comes to him and says, "Okay, tell me how can I make up for this?" He says, "Okay, in the way, in the same way she she cooked you food, you cook her food, and in the same way you broke her plate." You give her one of yours. And in fact, she complies. But he eats the food. And the expression, again, is full of blame. But but very tender. I mean, if you have any, any sensitivities in you, if you're not a buffalo, this, this, this expression would make you feel terrible. Oh, your mother, your mother. Not Aisha, your mother, sort of reminding her of who she is. He said, your mother has been gripped by jealousy. So not your mother has been gripped by jealousy, so let's respect her emotions and, and not eat. No, so come eat. Let, let's, let's all teach her a lesson. That we, we're not going to cater to this. Full, full of... of beautiful glimpses of human character and morality. Are you going to have a lot of questions? No, it's not a question. Okay. The, uh, it's interesting also that he didn't tell her to clean it up. Like he yeah. cleaned it up himself. Right? Well, and he didn't just clean it up, he ate it. Yeah, and he didn't say, you know, you eat it. Well, yeah, and he, and he doesn't force her to eat it. We, in, in one report, we are told that she sits, and in fact, I think it might be here. Um, um, now, in one report, um, uh, he Aisha sits in the corner as they're eating, and you know, uh, um, peeped. And they all continue eating, and, and and that's it. In another report, <coughs> uh, he is sent the, the, the food again. Now, in this report, it is Um Salma who sent the food, not Safiya. 
and um, فجاءت عائشة مؤزرة بكساء ومعها فهر ففلت ففف ففلقت به الصح الصحفة فجمع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بين الفلقتين or بين فلقتي الصفحة الصحفة وقال كلوا غارت أمكم مرتين عادها مرتين كلوا غارت أمكم مرتين ثم أخذ رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صحفة عائشة فبعث بها إلى أم سلمة وأعطى صحفة أم سلمة لعائشة أم سلمة sent the food Aisha uh, had a, um, a, um, it's a uh, what is the fifth? The fifth is a, is a, is a rock. And Aisha took this, this rock and banged the, the, the plate with it. And it broke. So the Prophet said, the, we have the same report, which again, it's, it seems like everyone remembered that statement, that phrase. Your mother had become jealous to come eat after he collected the, the, the collected the food. And then um, he ordered that one of Aisha's plates, someone to go and take Aisha's plate and give it to Um Salama and give the broken plate to Aisha. Now, you notice here, again, a, 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 a beautiful balance between decisiveness, level-headedness, and humane dignity. You all see it? Okay. In another, now, <coughs> we find... He find we, we, we find variants of oh not variants but we we find other indications of the dynamic of the Prophet ﷺ with which Anmar? Anmar don't answer. Is this a private line? The second line? answer it actually might be sorry about that my uh, my aunt just had a very serious operation yesterday in Egypt and so uh, we're all waiting for news subhanallah my my grandmother uh, became blind and my aunt's operation is exactly the same thing in her eyes. I don't know. No, I, she's uh, all I know is that there's uh, an eighty percent chance of blindness after the operation.
No. Where are we again? Occasions, the uh, the Prophet Ali react with what can be called annoyance, and so we, for example, that he used to go to Zainab bin Jahsh and uh, drink a, a drink there made of honey and this um, Aisha and Hafsa Again, out of jealousy, used to annoy them. Um, the the drink made of honey it takes skill, so it's not just simply like pouring honey in a glass and drinking it. So Hifsa and Aisha and Aisha made an agreement that when the when the, they made an agreement that when the Prophet comes in, they would say, Oh, it's as if you have eaten maghafir. They would say, It's as if we can smell on you that you have eaten maghafir. Now, maghafir is a, um, a type of fruit that was produced by a, by a type of tree called an urqut. And of course, the the social symbolism here, the significance of the social symbolism, is uh, is missed because we we know what the magafir is, <clears throat> but we don't know why would they choose to say it is as if you've eaten magafir. 
and we don't know if this was a very expensive thing and we do know that it was intended to annoy um, so he comes in so they tell him in, uh, and I hear that whether Aisha or Hifza is the one that tells him but one of them says Inni ajid minka riha maghafir. Akalt maghafir? I smell on you the smell of maghafir. Did you eat maghafir? And then uh, he goes to the other person, so whether it's Aisha who tells him this first, and then he goes to, let's say, Hifza, and Hifza tells him the same thing. So he responds, No, la, bal sharibtu asalan. Which is the truth. No, I, I drank honey at the home of Zainab. And then he said, Or, And I won't drink it anymore. Now, of course, the, the, there is reports that a revelation came down saying, O Prophet of God, why is it that you forbid what has been allowed to you? And it is not, in my view, plausible that uh, that, the, that the Prophet catered to the jealousies of Aisha and Hafsa by saying, okay, well, you know, it, it bothers you, so I'll stop drinking it. But what is more plausible is that he was annoyed by this agreement between the both of them and embarrassed them by saying, okay, fine, I'm not going to drink it anymore. That's the way you're going to be, effectively. But Allah comes and says, and since he said the word, since he said he won't drink it anymore, then that means he won't. And Allah comes and says, no, that, that is not an acceptable decision to make in response to this type of situation. What is more consistent is as when he collected the food from the floor and said, come eat. Now, of course, you, you find at the same time a variant of this report, just so you, you, um, <laughs> you see how the, the... The, uh, the variant is, is that it wasn't about a drink of honey at all, but it was about a slave girl that the Prophet used to have conjugal relations with. And that Hifsa and Aisha kept bugging him about it until he, he said, okay, fine, I won't sleep with her anymore. And then Allah comes and says, why is it that you forbid what Allah uh, permits you? Now, of course, here, it's what I was talking about yesterday. 
you have reports that the Prophet ﷺ never had a slave girl. That even the Coptic Sophia he freed and married. You have reports that, you know, we sort of like want to get all the, the machoism we, as Muslims, we insist on. So we have these reports that he would go around and have conjugal relations with, with all his wives one after the other. But then he also has the, the, the desire after that and the stamina to go and, and add in an extra slave girl. Which to me is implausible. You must be talking about someone who suffers from something close to nymphomania. <clears throat> and at the same time, this is someone who married late, compared to the Arabs at the time, and someone who remained married to one woman, not interested in slave girls until he reached um, about 50 years old. He doesn't marry anyone, after she dies, he, the first woman he marries is an unattractive woman, Sauda. And then when he goes to Medina, he marries according to situations. And to me, the idea of the slave girl, it, it calls upon a matter of conviction. Are you going to believe it or are you not going to believe it? as in terms of the suspended judgment issue um, um, the suspended judgment issue now part of the problem is One of the the, the 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 change of transmission. One of the people who pop in there is someone who is referred to as either Ubay or Abi. Now, because it's if it's Abi, then that doesn't help us at all. If it's Ubay, it even helps us less. And it is an, an incomplete name. That the chain itself is, has this, this, this fellow who is not known. And this fellow says that <coughs> he heard it from someone who heard it from Hassan bin Sabit. And Hassan bin Sabit is supposed to have heard it from Anas. We also know that what is the issue with Hassan bin Sabit? in Hadith al-Ufuq and was flogged. And of course the issue is, is someone who has been flogged, is there, do you accept reports from them or not? Right? Now surprisingly though, Ahl al-Hadith said yes. So even if you were flogged for lying and slander, then well, the flogging erases your sin and you're fine. The Usulis, of course said no 
because if your character is such that you participated in in rumors against Aisha then how can we trust your character I mean you might have been a great poet who praised the Prophet wonderfully and may Allah reward you for this but you're also someone who doesn't have self-restraint doesn't have the compulsion of accuracy and now there is every possibility that Hassan bin Sabit would be an easy person to attribute a report to. So, for example, I do not accept a report from Hassan bin Sabit from uh, from Anna. Uh, from Hassan bin Sabit from Anas. That link to me is a suspicious link. And it is a suspicious link, one, because of Hassan bin Sabit's lack of credibility and that in, in law we don't accept their testimony in court. They're not Udur. If someone has been punished for, for slander, they, they cannot be testifying in court. So how could they be trusted with telling us about nothing short of the Prophet ﷺ himself. Furthermore, <clears throat> there are no indications that Anas bin Malik treated Hassan bin Sabit as a confidant or even as, in, in, in other words, every occasion, and I'm just giving you a, 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 a sense of the, what is required for Adl and Tarjih. If you're going to do it right, not the way the pharmacists do it. That in every occasion, we encounter Hassan bin Sabit and Anas, it is in a public forum. We never have an encounter between Hassan bin Sabit and Anas one-on-one. -on -one. So then, if Anas reported this in a public forum, why is it that we don't hear from anyone but Hassan bin Sabit? So that's another, another issue that gives us pause. Now, despite this, as I told you yesterday, this, this tendency في التساهل في القضائل, that the tendency to, to accept alongside the hadith about the drinking honey and then so you have a conflict and then you find something very strange like scholars of hadith like Ibn Hajar who comes and, and concludes that well it's both how could it be both the verse was revealed once the verse that says O Prophet of God why is it that you forbid what Allah has allowed you was revealed once so then we start under the, the science of, of, of reconciling what is conflicting in hadith. We end up with some uh, things like, well, what happened was, is that they conspired to do both. And the Prophet promised not to do both. And then the verse was revealed to permit both. But none of the reports make that connection for us. 
It is a connection that we make because we want both hadith to be authentic. You follow what I'm saying? I don't feel comfortable making that connection. That connection is a historical matter, it's not a logical matter. And because it's a historical matter, it needs to be made for me by the historical reports. <clears throat> and since the reports say the verse was revealed on this occasion, and another, some other reports say, no, the verse was revealed about that occasion. In other words, they disagree. And they say, they're clearly dis disagree. I say, well, then I take the report that has more authenticity, more credibility to it. <coughs> okay. <coughs> In others... Um, this is a, a report that is worth um, uh, thinking about. The um, just in case you're um, um, the hadith about the slave girls. Th this is another aspect that sort of. The hadith about drinking honey is in Bukhari and is in Abu Muslim. The hadith about slave girls is in Nisa'i and Nasa'i alone. Now here is a question to you. Why is it that those who are of us that are educated have all heard the hadith about the slave girls but not the hadith about drinking honey? When one is so-called, if we have consistent standards, when one is, is in Bukhari and the other is in Nisa'i. How, how many of you had heard of the hadith about the slave girls? How many of you had heard about the hadith of the, of the honey? Actually, more of you heard about the hadith of the honey. Well, yeah, I mean, but this is this is assumes um, when they tell him, uh, "Have you eaten magafir?" Um, and 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 then they say, um, and then they say, "Well, you smell like magafir." The the pro the issue is though is that maybe it's here. No, 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 it's always, I mean, we make the connection. A lot of the translations, what they do is, is that they just jump when they, instead of putting there, you smell like the, 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 the nectar of the, uh, of the tree of such and such, of Orfot, they, they simply say, well, you smell bad. Now, I don't know, maybe it may, it's quite possible that after you cook this, you cook this, this fruit, it smelled bad, I don't know. But I do know that the taste of this fruit is very sweet. I'm not, in fact, it's very likely that that's what they meant. But 
what I do know is that the taste of this fruit is very sweet and that it's not a common fruit. I don't know in, in, in the Middle East today, as far as I know, it's only grown in Yemen now. It has died off everywhere else. And it's fairly expensive. I've never, I've never cooked it and I've never eaten it cooked. I've only tasted it once. But a lot. All of these are shuruh. All of these are commentaries as to what, in the same way that I am commenting about what it is, Ibn, um, um, I forget which of the, of the people who wrote the commentary on Bukhari makes that point. That I think it is Ibn Hajar, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalai, but in Fath al-Bari. But, he, but the, the point is, is that I don't read, I don't, because he says, no, I drank honey. He says, لا, بل شربت عسلا, right? So, the point is this, the, okay, here's why I, I don't buy what Ibn Hajar says. It would, as we know that the Arabs used to drink milk and honey together. They also used to drink milk and honey with alcohol together. Not the Prophet, but the Arabs. And we know that the Prophet liked to drink honey after it's prepared, and I'm not sure how it was prepared, without the milk. Now, he knows he didn't eat what they said he ate. And he tells him, no, I drank honey. Now, it, it, they are, it, it, is, it requires me to believe that the Prophet actually suspected that when he drinks honey, it, he'll smell bad. Which is socially just not believable. I mean, he, not, he smelled people. Drinking honey was very common. He smelled people who drank honey. He knew what, also, what honey smelled like and, and those who drink honey what they smell like. So what Ibn Hajar is telling me to, to believe is, is that he, they come in, they sell, oh, it's as if you, you, you smell this. And he says, no, no, I didn't eat it. I, I drank honey. And then he says, oh, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I smell bad, so I won't do it again. That's, it's, it, it requires several hops and skips I'm not willing to make. And furthermore, for the Qur'an to come and speak about honey with such uh, uh, um, uh, huh? both of you are saying and uh, talking at the same time so I can yeah, I mean with, 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 with grandeur, with reverence saying this is the fish fatly nest and then for the prophet just because of this uh, of, of his wife's told them it's not logical and in fact they don't tell him oh you're you're uh, so anyway I, Allahu alam. but but it is much more plausible for us to think that he got annoyed at 
this this way of 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 handling things. It's not honest. It is not straightforward. It is not upright. And that this and that, as a moral person, he was offended by it. Rather than to think a sort of a certain degree of social naivety about it. And then I read once uh, someone who I consider, um, he's actually a contemporary fellow, but I don't remember this Jordanian guy who comes up with, when, when people want to be idiots, they, they says, oh, well, no, no, it is because this was before the prohibition against alcohol, and this honey drink was alcoholic. So now, you, now, now, in order to to make it all make sense, you make our prophet drinking alcohol. You know, it's okay. Another report, which uh, which I think it has uh, um, um, which again it speaks volumes. Uh, Aisha is tells us that she woke up and did not find the Prophet ﷺ next to her, and she he was not in the room, and she went searching for him until she found him sitting and praying, and so. After having tracked him down, she says, I thought that you have went, you left me and you went to one of your women. And he responds to that in what I think is uh, um, what I think is a very eloquent statement. He simply says, Innaki la fi sha'n wa ana fi sha'n. In another report, إِنَّكِ لَفِي شَأْنِ وَأَنَا فِي شَأْنٍ آخَرٍ You are living in your own universe. And I am in a different universe. Do you see what the point, what the, what the point is here? Is that she's thinking at a mundane level. He got up from next to her. He must have gone to see one of the wives. And... It didn't occur to him that it's, it's, a, it's a level of mundaneness and he is at a completely different level. And he simply comments at it as, you're living in one world and I'm living in another world. And of course you can, it speaks volumes in itself that Again, you notice the politeness. You notice the ability to put people, to, to, to bring people to their senses with what is a concise, precise and honest statement. But also you notice the capacity of the mundane, even when you're married to the Prophet ﷺ, 
to play at a very ugly level. And the imperative for partners to rise to each other's level, not to go down to each other's level. I can't emphasize this point enough because the common, what you find is quite common among partners and in families generally, is that the sign of love is often considered to be you come down to my emotions wherever my emotions are. If my emotions are in the mud, you come down to the mud. That is, that is a shame and a travesty and a vulgarity. No, your emotions are in the mud, then they should come up from the mud. And I will not go in the mud because if you, it's, you know, um, uh, in this uh, movie uh, I once saw, I like this statement a lot, it says that you walk with, you, you, you walk with the devil, you don't, you, or you play with the devil, um, you don't change the devil, the devil changes you. And so you go down in the mud, you're, you're not going to change the nature of the mud. You, you are going to change. Mud is not going to become perfume through your efforts. Mud is going to stay mud. And the only thing is that you are going to become dirty as well. And we notice this consistently with the Prophet ﷺ. Um, put it also in, uh, with, with another is that um, <coughs> the other is that when you are plagued by emotions, if you follow the Sunnah of the Prophet, ask yourself about the morality of your emotions. Just because they're your emotions, it doesn't mean that they're holy. Doesn't mean that you're not God. If you were God, your emotions would be sacrosanct just because you're there, your emotions. But because you're not God, your emotions must be examined in light of what is moral and what is right and what is wrong. Okay. A couple of more examples and then I'll, I'll move on. Um, the Prophet entered, um, heard that Sophia, now wh what is, who is Sophia? She's Jewish, right? This is the, um, the, 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 the daughter of the Jewish king. And the reports say that she converted, some reports say that she converted, I believe she converted. 
I, 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 I mean, I don't put much because there are the reports that don't mention her conversion call her al Yahudiya. But that doesn't mean that she didn't convert. Sometimes people would refer to the uh, Yahudiya like a Qurashiya, like her, her, you know. All the all the reports is that she, at least the ones that I remember, is that she met, she converts after the marriage. Um, at least as far as I remember. In any case, he hears that Sophia is upset, crying, and he goes to to see her. And he says, Sophia, ma yukiki? What is, why are you crying? And she told them that Hifsa called her, called her Ibn al-Yahudi. The daughter of a Jew. Now, of course, in a derogatory manner. His response, I consider very beautiful. He says, You are Hifsa. You are the daughter of a prophet, and your uncle is a prophet, and your husband is a prophet. So what right does she have to brag? What right does she have to brag over you? It's a beautiful response. And then he goes to Hifsa and says, Hifsa. Fear God, Hifsa. Again, concise and decisive he's not going to listen and one of the, the, the things that always struck me about this is that he doesn't listen to he doesn't t- t- tell Hifsa okay so what bothered you what did Sophia do okay told me let's talk about how this happened wrong is wrong and regardless of the reasons there's no interest fear God And here, of course, the 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 the, uh, you know, the anti-racism is rather obvious in this report, or the rejection of racism. Um, Okay, let's take this the following report. عائشة زارتنا سوداء يوما فجلس رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بيني وبينها إحدى رجليه في حجري والأخرى في حجرها فعملت له حريرة أو أو قال خزيرة the um, um, the difference is حريرة is a food without meat خزيرة is little chopped meat لون. فقلت كلي فأبت فقلت لتأكلي أو لألتخن وجهك فأبت فأخذت من القصعة شيئا فلطخت به وجهها 
فرفع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم رجله من حجرها تستقيد مني فأخذت من القصعة شيئا فلطقت بها وجهي ورسول الله يضحك فإذا عمر يقول يا عبد الله بن عمر يا عبد الله بن عمر فقال لنا رسول الله قوما فاغسلا وجهكما فلا أحسب عمر إلا داخله Did you follow this? It's, it's, he comes in. Now, there are several versions of this, but most of them are more or less the same. Yeah, he says, فأخذت من القصعة شيئا فلطخت به وجهي. I think I read it فلطخت به وجهي but it's فلطخت به وجهي The Prophet is sitting with two of his wives Aisha and Sauda and he's sitting in a rather interesting position one one leg is in the lap of Aisha and the other leg in the lap of Sauda I like that image a lot <laughs> no, I mean you could you could do it even if they're side by side. So anyway, he's sitting with both of them, one leg in one lap, the other leg in another lap. And then Aisha prepares either Khadira or Harira, Allahu Alam. Depending on the report. Which is a meal. And she brings it in and she tells the, the, the Prophet ﷺ is eating from it. But she noticed that Sauda is not eating. And so she tells Sauda, eat. And Sauda says, no. I don't want. He says, okay, well, eat or I will smear your face with some of this food. And Sauda says, the, the, no. So she takes she smears her her face with the food. Aisha smears Sauda's face. And Sauda is of course taken by surprise. And she she smears Aisha back. Yeah. And the Prophet is laughing. And then at this point, Omar calls from outside. So the Prophet ﷺ says, get up and wash your faces because I think Omar wants to come in. Now, the variants of the report are one, one variant which I don't believe is as authentic. Aisha smears Sauda's face and then the Prophet says, okay, she smeared your face, do something. Fantasri. Fantasri means, are you going to take this? When you tell someone fantasr, means like, saying, are you going to take this? So the Prophet sort of encourages the, the smear. The, uh, you know, uh, let's make a rule. No interventions, no interruptions. Even if minor. Because otherwise, the, it's, it's, every intervention takes a lot of minutes. If you otherwise just write them as questions. In another variant, 
which I don't accept. It's a three-way smearing thing. <laughs> the Aisha smears Sauda, the Prophet sees that Sauda became upset and he says, okay, you're upset here, I'll, I'll, I'll smear her for you. So he smears Aisha, so Aisha smears the Prophet, so Sauda says, you smear the Prophet, I'll smear you, and then she smears him. Now, of course, don't, 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 uh, 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 you know, we deal with, uh, this is what I was talking about yesterday. You might say, well, oh, you know, is a food fight halal, and, and is it possible that they would treat food this way? I don't, Allahu Alam. Well, I don't know if the smear is that you took the food and you spilled it in the other person's face or latkh. They say latkh. Latkh is to put your hand, dip your hand in something and go like this. And between the... the, the we know that, the, that there is at least in... in, in that the, there is no affirmative command to saying you shall smear people in your in your life the question is is that this is an event or a reported historical event and the historical the reported historical event says that such and such happened. You evaluate it for whatever worth it, it has. In other versions of the same report, it wasn't Sauda that was involved, but uh, um, uh, but Um Salama. But uh, the the Sauda reports are far more common. I'm, um, I'm jumping a whole bunch. take um, go ahead and just take this now. Um, in in another report which 
is um, occurs or is reported um, in Bukhari as well as other Sunan like Sunan uh, Ibn Abi Shayba and um, um, also reported by Al-Bayhaqi the Sunan Al-Kubra but one that is not popular in our Muslim culture today um, occurs on Jabir that the Prophet ﷺ forbade Naha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an yatruqa ar-rajul ahlah laylan an yatakhawanahum aw yaltamis atharatihim meaning what? And what is if it's not why do we say if it's who are we talking about this family right so what he's saying is that the Prophet ﷺ forbade that a person would go about and hear an itraq is not simply the knocking it includes the knocking but it is whatever act that you commit to in- investigate what is concealed from your sight. So if you want to investigate if someone is behind the door, you knock. And then if they say, I'm, he- I'm here, then you know they're there, right? If you go somewhere and you say, anyone there? And they answer, you could also call it an itraq. So it says that he forbade that a person would do that at night. Why? Because an yatakhawanahum means what? Because he distrusts them, distrusts his family. Aw yaltamis or that he is searching for what? Their atharat. What is atharat? Their mistakes. So the Prophet ﷺ forbade that a person would go around snooping, symbolized by the word knocking, at night, in order to to be, in order to spy, or as a result of suspicion about or as a result of mistrusting or as a result of wanting to know or wanting to find out what wrong their family is up to that's that's a beautiful concept in other words don't live in your family a suspicious person don't live in your family a person who says well, I better go, I'm going to go check and see if they're, what they're up to. I'm going to, there's of course check and see what they're up to in the sense that I'm worried about their welfare. Maybe they died or, or had a heart attack or something. 
no one says that this is a, a suspicion. You're not suspecting. You're worried. But the, the sense is, oh, I, I, let me go see what wrong they're committing. Let me go see what they are. And in fact, the hadith of Aisha, when she doesn't find him, and she goes chasing after him, looking for him at night, in several versions, he tells her, What are you doing? This is wrong. But he tells her, Taqillah, fear God. If, if, you're, if she is worried about him, that's one thing. But for her to think, oh well, maybe he went to his, one of his wives and I, I'm going to go see. That's, that is the takhawwuf. That is the, where you distrust someone. So, you either live with people on the basis of trust. You trust them. Or, as the Prophet ﷺ threatened to do, leave them. If you live with your spouse, unable to trust, suspicious, constantly on the prowl to find out what wrong they're doing, it is better to overlook what wrong they're doing than to catch them and embarrass them. This, this tendency among some to say, well, I'm going to catch them in the act and put them on the spot. If that's your attitude, then you, you perhaps you're not fit to live with someone. And you shouldn't live with them. If the problem is this particular person, your problem is, well, you know, he's not trustworthy, then don't, don't live with them. Don't be married to them. Because by doing so, you are committing a sin. And note here, this report... Um, um, occurs in a variety of versions which is reported cumulatively. So for example, in another version it says, Meaning, the Prophet what is Turuqa means? Mean that he, he forbade that if a man is absent from his home to come home investigating, sniffing. Okay, what was going on? And that version. It doesn't note it, and I don't remember where it was reported, but I, I've read it in several places. In another version, it says, "In min safarihi fala ahlahu Meaning, don't, don't come in. It doesn't mean don't go into your home at night, because it doesn't mean don't. When you come home at night, it doesn't mean that don't go into your house. That would be absurd. But don't make it a point. To knock as if you're going around knocking to investigate if everyone is where they should be. Anyway, there are many, the same nahi, the same uh, um, uh, um, report. I have counted in 14 different 
independent reports, not chains. In other words, 14 different people who said we heard that the Prophet ﷺ forbade this. And more than 30 different chains, different chains, that say, yes, we heard those people say that they heard this. So this prohibition can be said that Bilmana has reached the point of Tawatu, point of cumulative authenticity. But yet, again, one of the things that, that, that dazzles, how many, again, and this is, I mean, you guys are more educated than the common person, but, common Muslim, but, how many of you heard of this, of this command before? And yet these people who come and tell me, you know, we read Bukhari. No, you didn't read Bukhari. You're lying. Because if you would have read Bukhari, you would have read that Bukhari notes four different versions of these. And the other versions are scattered between Ibn al-Athir and al-Bayhaqi and al-Nisa'i and Muslim and so on and so forth. And that it is a remarkable transformation in attitude. You are going to live that way a mistrusting, easily offended person, people have to walk around eggshells on you, you, you you're, you're hung up on your own emotions, your own feelings, you, you constantly want people to pamper you and cater to you and, and, and assure you and, and uh, pat you on the back and, and you are otherwise suspicious of them and judgmental of them, then don't, don't marry them, don't stay married to them. Because by doing so, you are committing a sin. That is a, 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 a lesson that it is obligatory Islam. It is obligatory to be spread and taught. Because it it allows us to understand the true ethical structure of our religion. And why is it that the early Muslims said that Islam is a way of life? Not meaning that Islam allows you to grow a beard and to drink water on three gulps and so on. No, that Islam is an ethical, moral transformation of the character of the person. By, by the way, um, I, I, this, uh, I want to share this report with you, it's, it's a bit of a diversion spot. Listen, and Al Hussein bin Mansur bin Jafar. You of course know the the old uh, Shi'i Sunni division was not about sectarianism; it was about chains of transmission, as Mudarris he proves in his book, 
and I I accept the um, the argument that the early people of Ali, the chains of transmission that they relied on, were better chains. And I don't take the view that they were the only authentic chains, but were better chains than the chains of their opponents. No conclusion should be drawn from this. This is a, a technical scholarly point, not a sectarian ideological point for the for the idiots. So if you, if you're an idiot, then just forget you heard this. If you're an idiot, you're not going to be able to forget you heard this. So Hussein bin Mansur bin Jafar says the following. أتيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فلما دفعت إليه قلت بالله الذي أرسلك أهو أرسلك بما تقول قال نعم قال وهو أمرك بما تأمرنا به قال نعم قال فما تقول في نسائنا قال هو حرث لكم فأتوا حرثكم أن شئتم واطعموهن مما تأكلون واكسوهن مما تلبسون ولا تضربوهن ولا تقبحوهن got that? Huh? The, the, uh, the, the reports are different about uh, um, in what context the Prophet said this. One says that it is Muawiyah who came to the Prophet and said, tell me by God, is it true that you are the Prophet of God? And the Prophet says, uh, you know, yes. And other reports say, no, it wasn't Muawiyah, but there is four different individuals that are listed as the ones. What all the reports agree on is that they ask the Prophet, whoever these individuals are, ultimately ask the Prophet, what is it, what is our, what do you say about our women? And the Prophet ﷺ says, They are your hearth. And we already talked in previous halaqah about this issue of hearth and so on. They are your hearth, so approach hearth is, is they are your tilth. So approach your tilth in, in, in with whichever way, of course lawful way. And feed them from what you eat, or from the midst of what you eat, and dress them from what you dress, from what you wear, and don't hit them, and don't insult them. Now, you know, enough said, this is, relates again to the beating verse. And note here that all the reports say that this statement is made this statement is made after the the, the, the Fath Makkah so that's very late so after the, the, the revelation of the beating verse and the Prophet ﷺ is still saying don't hit them and don't insult them now is it possible 
that Allah says hit them and the Prophet says don't hit them? And the Prophet doesn't qualify it. He doesn't say don't hit them unless... Just don't hit them. All right, um, I'm going to skip um, um, and here, here's the one about beating, uh, actually I had to flag it. والله عن عائشة والله ما ضرب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بيده امرأة له قط ولا خادما له قط ولا ضرب بيده شيئا قط إلا أن يجاهد في سبيل الله The Prophet ﷺ never struck a woman ever or a servant ever or anyone ever except in a state of jihad um Okay, now let's look at this uh, report. Uh, uh, because it's very long, I, I will summarize part of it and read part of it. Omar says, that when we were in Quraysh we used to control our women we used to نغلب النساء means we, we used to control them فلما قدمنا المدينة وجدنا قوما تغلبهم نساؤهم we found the people that were controlled by their women فَطَفِقْنَا نِسَاؤُنَا يَتَعَلَّمْنَا مِنْ نِسَائِهِمْ And our women from Mecca started learning from their women. So they would learn, they learned how to control their men in turn from their women. And then he says, 